Shut up, I love it. right here is a very challenging piece of art it's sort of Borgesian in its scope and a shut up I love it I'm Joe Cabello very croaky voice today <laughs> that was like my action guy voice I'm trying yeah. to do you know this is a this is a podcast this here and I'm Sasha Feiler and the podcast is called shut up I love it a podcast when we invite a special special guest to talk about something underrated, misunderstood, forgotten, just anything, anything that needs a little love, a little attention, and this is the perfect place to give it that love. Joining us today, she's a co-founder and the current board president of Reno Improv, a nonprofit improv theater in Reno, Nevada. Welcome, Aurora Bowles. I love it. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Our um, pleasure. Yeah. So today I'm here to ask you to shut up, please. Yeah. Oh, we and, love it uh, when they I, do this. It's it's so rare. You wouldn't believe it's so rare that they do that. And like we want that. Yeah. Oh, oh great. Uh, well, shut up then, and uh, and hear me that I love <laughs> making bad art. Wow. Um, yeah. Perfect execution. You just kind of you just slapped the ball out of our hands, took it, and dunked. <laughs> yeah. Um, making bad art. Now, what does that mean? Even let's let's, let's pin yeah. it down. So um, I'm talking about making bad art for the purpose of therapy, of just the joy of it and also to help you become a better artist. Um, you have to go through that process of, of being bad at, at things before you can become good at anything. And maybe you will never, ever, ever get good at it, but you should um, make bad art. Yeah. Now, when you say art, what are we talking about? So I, um, I like to dabble in a lot of different kinds of art. Um, so I... Uh, do some drawing, I do some uh, stop motion animation, I do uh, improv, um, I do photography, and I'm bad at a lot of this, um, And I, uh, but I just get so much out of it and I get so much joy out of it. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely a worthwhile thing to do, um, knowing that you're going to be very bad at something uh, maybe forever, but just getting immersed in in the bad art. So yeah, this is interesting um, because I feel like there's two things happening. One is that you, like anybody, is bad in the beginning, like of doing anything, right? Like I mean, it's very rare that somebody is immediately a genius. Like they won't know the technique, even if they're a genius to begin with. So they can't be a genius right away. So everybody is bad in the beginning. But then there's the other thing is like, well, what is this qualifier once you get past that beginning stage? Uh, who says that it's bad? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think the word bad is um, just to get your attention and to, you know, to, to tell you to shut up, um, to get through that first part. But the thing is, I'm not really judging the art. Um, I'm not 
putting a value on it. It's not really bad. It's, it's more going through the process of experimentation and just letting yourself have all of those failures. So whether it's good or bad, you know, you can go to the museum and, and find something that is, uh, you know, revered and loved and everyone thinks is, is spectacular, but it doesn't really, you don't connect with it. So good and bad in art are kind of useless terms. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's having that freedom to experiment and let yourself do things that are cringy, that, yeah, it really embarrass you, that push you out of your comfort zone, um, that lack technical skills. Um, and, and you're just sort of focusing on the process rather than the product, um, kind of, you know, that, that, Thing that Dave Rosowski talks about a lot in, in his improv, um, the process is the product in improv. And I think that that applies to a lot of other art. Um, you know, it, it's, it's learning. It's, it's that kind of level of intense uh, satisfaction when you're just like really immersed in something. Um, for example, I was, um, uh, I made a video of myself um, I, I had like two plastic forks <laughs> and I was like just kind of like playing with shadows and um, and just like just filming myself like making these two forks interact with each other uh, a few nights ago and it was like ridiculous and like it's not something I want to show <laughs> anyone ever um, but it was just really deeply satisfying and I was like almost shaking with excitement because it was like so interesting to just watch how you know i had a flashlight and i was just like putting the flashlight on the on the forks and like seeing how that interacted and it was just like really satisfying and interesting i'm not surprised of your opinions on all this being an improviser and leading reno improv um so obviously you're very committed this is a very improv mindset it feels like or you know master improv mindset because uh of course a lot of people start and they want to be perfect at improv right and then you realize oh this is play so like even the fork thing feels like play it's like oh you were playing and just because you can have something um recorded you know not just video but you know whether it's on paper clay whatever it's still play um, do you think your feeling on this is somewhat in response to how the world has more commodified everything, especially with social media? It's so easy to post your things instead of just uh, having a thing exist. Yeah, that's a good point. It can kind of um, it can kind of get lost, um, and so I guess that. Um, Because I, you know, I post some of my, a lot of my bad art. Um, I make it available to the world to see. And um, uh, when I go back and look at it, sometimes I'll see things and I'll be like, I really like that thing about it. Um, Or, but I really hate this one. And, you know, it's it's not like something that I really want representing me. But also, I guess it it does kind of get lost in, in the universe because, you know, I probably nobody's really going to pay that much attention to it. So why would I um, 
spend a lot of time hating it and and like lamenting that I created it like I um yeah and and I guess also yes I do see a lot of um really good like art that is you know on a technical level very well done but it's like kind of boring um mm. and um so you know I I, I do like um, really kind of homemade looking things mm. um, when other people make them. I like I like when it's kind of gritty and and again like kind of embarrassing and and maybe not very well done. Um, like it's not going to end up in a museum, but like the person put a lot of time and heart and attention to it, and you can see their personality coming through in it, and that's that's a really exciting thing to see. I think. That's really helpful for me, even just to have you explain how you interpret art and like, or interpret at least your feelings for this or that piece of art, because I am really bad at um, <laughs> telling, like judging art. Like I, I'm really, like I'm just bad. There's things that I like, but then I don't have like a ground underneath me, like I would have with, with writing to judge it like even in, in in like how I myself feel about it like I don't have the words for it and I can just be like I like it I don't but then I don't have anything else to add so for you to just kind of know that you like something like ad hoc like somebody's making something at home and it reflects their personality in some way that uh speaks volumes to me and by the way just to like make it clear uh Aurora is a very talented photographer the way I know her you uh, we took a clown class online with Mr. Chad Damiani on the purpose messing it up his public name. menace Chad Damiani <laughs> public menace yes uh, but he took his class during COVID I want to say a couple of times right like it was a, like multiple sessions ongoing yeah. it was a lot of fun and uh, you definitely had your style of because uh, a lot of times in this particular context and zoom on zoom you you know you anybody plays with the four corners of the zoom window and the screen and what is it that the clown work becomes more of uh what can you put that resembles an art piece into that space and you always had a very unique uh, approach and a lot of times then i would see on instagram you would translate um that into either uh, a still that was taken during the class or then uh, some uh, photography that you would do after the class. So, I mean, I saw it happening and you had one thing I know, even though I can't judge art, is that you have your own voice, which to me, again, is more than I can say about me <laughs> when I try to do something visual. Well, that's that's very nice of you to say. And and yeah, that was that class. Um, I learned so much from Chad and those um, classes. It, it made so, of course, during the pandemic, we were all doing improv and everything online. And um, it, um, you know, of course, improv on Zoom is is pretty terrible. Um, but it did um, give me so many great ideas of of how to expand our, you know, our Zoom prov and uh, make it less boring, less, you know, two people just having a Zoom call. Um, so that really opened my eyes to a lot of possibilities. And yeah, I just, I really enjoyed that class. It was something I really looked forward to, um, although he is a public menace. Public menace, um, thank you. I, very important yeah. to mention, yes. So 
Joe, what is your familiarity with making bad art, if any? I really feel like I float in and out of having this uh, uh, Buddha mindset that you have, Aurora, of making bad art. And even like recently, this is something I've been dealing with this year is adjacent to this of just kind of like letting yourself do and be. I kind of worked myself up in the last year, year and a half or so into this feeling of like, oh, I need to be in the perfect mindset and I need to, you know, do this perfectly to do it justice um, which is something I hadn't had before. And I'm honestly wrestling with like what got me to that and, and all of that. So this is, it's nice to hear this and do this because kind of I'm in that zone right now where I'm like, even with my writing, cause uh, predominantly that's what I'll do. I'm feeling like, w when did I get so precious about it? Mm. Um, what I do don't you mean? know what happened. Just like, Instead of just saying, okay, let me write my pages today, bam, 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 get it out there, there's such a, it's feeling more like a slog because, okay, I'm not feeling mentally there, I need to get these, it's better to have a perfect half paragraph than three pages, mm -hmm. and that wasn't a mindset I had before, so I'm really working through that mentally, to be honest, and emotionally recently. Um, and trying to give myself back to that, like, oh, just put something out there that's shitty and, and live by that. And, you know, like you said, it's not necessarily the word bad or shitty taken literally. It's just not being precious about it, I think is kind of what it is, and letting it be. Um, so this is something I'm struggling with now, is what I'm saying, and trying to get to that zone where I could just put stuff out. Yeah. And um, I, I think one thing that's helpful for me is just thinking of everything that I do, at least in this realm, um, as an experiment. Um, because I have a day job as a graphic designer, and I can't really, I can't really do things like this at that job. Like, things need to look clean, things need to look, um, you know, appropriate for the audience, uh, trustworthy. Um, so I'm not, I'm not taking these kinds of risks um, at my day job. Mm -hmm. um, but these are the types of things that I think um, I really need to do to feel okay in the world, um, to, to really um, just, uh, you know, draw a bad drawing, um, you know, make, make something that is just like that I get absorbed in and that um, I don't expect anyone else to appreciate or like, or maybe I will hate it too. Maybe it'll be a complete waste of time. Maybe I'll put like hours and hours into something and then at the end it will just, you know, fall very short of any expectations. But, um, but yeah, and like, for example, like with stop motion, like my stop motion is not good. Like, you, you know, no one's going to come to me and say, I really want this look for, um, for what I, you know, for my project. Um, but like... And I put hours into it. And it's it's like, it's kind of like a ridiculous thing to spend time on. But like that time was so therapeutic for me. And um, I just remember those moments in my life. And I feel, feel very connected to those projects, um, regardless of what the, the outcome was. And I still feel like, 
you know, there's still like little nuggets of, of the project that I'm like, I really did well there. And that was really fun. And I, I really saw something exciting come out of that. Um, so I think thinking of things as experiments and like, I don't know, like, I'm sure you, you know, I'm a graphic designer, but I don't call myself an artist. Um, I think that's like a dangerous thing, like to start calling yourself an artist that just feels too, um, that's too much pressure. Too that's, much promise, right? You make to others. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and not get weighted, a weighted term. And what's interesting uh, the, and ironic about what you were saying about like the stop motion thing is even though what I'm about to say is kind of more outcome based, which you don't want to necessarily be that, is even you doing your shitty stop motion and posting it just because you enjoy it, you're actually more likely for someone to hit you up and be like, hey, that was cool. Do you want to like do our music video, like stop motion for that? Like, because it's all in the eye of the beholder, there's going to be people go, no, that actually is cool. That's what I want. I don't want Lego Batman level stop motion. So, and I've heard so many stories of people uh, where that happens to them. They're like, yeah, I was just doing like paper mache artwork and then uh, just for fun putting it out there, I didn't think it was that good. And then somebody hit me up to do paper mache for their movie. And you yeah. just kind of have to do it. And if you were precious about it, no one would know. And maybe that's not opportunities. Not that you should do it for the opportunities, I think, ultimately. Right. Yeah, uh, and, um, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I remember when I got into editing, I was in uh, college, in Brooklyn College, and I was just like, this is so cool. I can sit down at a computer, and I can, like, make a little movie myself. Like, especially mm -hmm. at the time, like, this is, like, we're talking 1950s, you know. This is, like, years ago <laughs> <laughs> when Final Cut Pro was all the, you know, all the hot stuff. And I was just... I remember we just hours would fly by in a matter of a blink of an eye. And I would just find myself lost, like into the night, just working, just editing this project, like nonsensical. Like I was just really trying myself out in this space that I was completely unfamiliar mm -hmm. with. And eventually like I, you know, made a career out of it and made like good money doing it. And then I quit that career for a different career. But I, at the same time, like to see the roots the beginning it's like pretty classic how i was just like i just love it i don't you know the total state of flow the moment you start doing it and just enjoying the dumbest like i remember i would be so excited just cutting like one frame cuts you know when it's just like so fast that it starts like strobing and i would yeah. be like oh this is like genius it's like as if i invented it you know i thought it was the coolest thing and i would just keep going going because i'm like this looks so cool like i made my own thing and i don't think i refer to it as art ever but i was always uh very pleased with the process and and kind of tinkering with it is how i got myself to learn editing like i never took actual like course in editing but it, like just by playing with it i learned how to edit and then it gave me enough foundation to then learn quickly when i worked at cnn in new york to learn this mm, different program from uh final cut pro at the time it was called liquid blue that eventually avid had bought and killed and so then, because it was that good and they were worried about competition, and then I moved to LA where I'm like overnight had to learn Avid, and which I did, and pretend that I knew it all the time. So I, I can totally see how like 
what you're saying about just like like starting it's almost like a place that starts with love and then eventually can lead somewhere if you just commit to it hopefully. yeah yeah and and you know sometimes i wonder because um for i haven't been doing a lot of stop motion lately um i you know as uh my current role with the theater i i don't have a lot of extra time um but when i was doing it a lot I, I did love it so much that I thought like, wow, I could do this as a job and I, I would be happy forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if, if I would have the same relationship with it if it were my day job. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. I know that, that, you know, that's the dream, of course, to um, be so content with what you do every single day that it doesn't feel like work. Um, but I, I think it changes your relationship to something when that's what you do. Um, for money or that's what you do for yes um you know for your livelihood um and i don't know if that's inevitable but that's kind of my impression so um is that a perspective like what is it everything becomes a job you know i've definitely heard that from many people who have had great jobs and great opportunities it's like yeah at at a certain point it becomes a job and you'd rather be doing other things it's interesting because, like, I always love, you know, I, I can talk about this forever and I've talked about this forever. It's, you know, I love hot yoga. And so then when I got over, you know, the COVID time during the apocalypse, as I like to say, I got my yoga teacher, uh, like, training uh, certification. And then I started teaching at that studio that I liked a lot. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Not the teaching part because I liked teaching. But I'm like, I don't enjoy, like, coming here and just like doing my yoga. Like suddenly I'm showing up at my job and I'm like sneaking in like yoga, uh, you know, cause it's like free for me. Well, you know what, whatever. So I, I, I don't have that like fulfillment anymore. And so I'm looking to quit that job, which I haven't done in a while, but I'm still like, they still think I'm employed there. So if you're listening, I'm looking to quiet. quit that this job. This is a quiet quitting situation. Such a quiet. It's quiet. It's the quietest. <laughs> like, like, you know, New York Times should write an article about the quietest quitting, uh, the longest podcast quitting. Podcast quitting. <laughs> podcast quitting. Um, and I, yeah, I, I've talked to a lot of artists who really enjoy the process of like painting in particular that they don't see a world where they can make money off of it or they don't like the commerce side of art. Um, So they've quit completely, which I'm like, well, why don't you just do it? You know, like just enjoy the painting process and, you know, shove the canvas in your garage. Cause uh, my wife, she's not an artist. She's works as a therapist, but she'll paint on you know pretty regularly and doesn't do anything with them she just paints and i'm always like oh this is so cool and like i'm not trying to be like well you should post those and like (laughs) maybe make some prints and stuff it's not about that and um then she shoves them in the garage and some of them get moldy and messed up and that's fine she moves on i think there's something so powerful about that yeah kind of going back to what you were saying about the commodification of art. Um, yeah, it's like, it's something that you do because it, it brings you joy or because it provides therapy to you. Um, and yeah, and whether or not it's good doesn't kind of mean that it needs to be shared or it needs to be sold. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of value. Like there's stuff that I come up with that I'm like, 
okay, someone else might say this, see this and say, eh, whatever. But like, I see it and I'm like, that's my baby. And I really am proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's or, what people you know, say like, about my baby. Oh, I should have been. <laughs> 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 um, you have an adorable baby. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's interesting. I, I just want to like jump for a second. We're all improvisers here or former improvisers. Just do a little whatever. scene. You want to just do a little yeah, scene? No. <laughs> but I want to jump back. Like, Joe, what you said, it really stuck with me. And I don't understand why. It's like the first time I'm like, like hearing it like this. That when you start doing a lot of times, at least I did. And sounds like you, Joe, did too. And I don't know about you, Aurora. But when you come into hot into improv you're like i want to be perfect at this and then you realize it's just play and that made me think of this thing and i can't remember what it's called but it's um like three stages of mastery where when you start doing something at first you are not good at it and you don't know that so this is like like why improv 101 is like people do pretty good scenes usually and when people just kind of go into it, they're like, who cares? I'm just having fun. Then the second stage hits, which is you are not good at it and you know it. This is the worst one. This is where people mm-hmm. get stuck. This is where people get quit and all that stuff happens. And you just, because you just, you, you just judging yourself and you're not having fun. And I feel like this is like where I would sometimes end up in improv. And this is what like made me bitter about some aspects of improv scene and improv stuff, everything. Uh, but then the final stage is like we were actually like good and you don't care about anything. <laughs> like you're just you 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 know, you you're good and you know that and you kinda go back to that state of play that the beginner has, but at the same time you have like a technique on top of that. So this is like the best shows by the best people if we still continue with improv. And I, I don't know. It's just like, that's just what I'm sitting here thinking about. Like, yeah, like this is probably when people quit, when they start realizing they're not perfect and there's technique that can be taught that's so much better. And like writing can be like that to, you know, Mm -hmm. to someone, especially when you like haven't flexed the muscle in a few days or even like weeks for a bit or something, right? Like, especially when life happens, people step away from writing and then they come back to it and they're like, oh shit, like I'm bad at it. And then they sometimes freak out and quit altogether. I've seen that happen. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I've been at that point because that's the mastery curve, I think it's called that you're referencing. And I feel like I've deleted that first part of the curve for so many things and I'm starting at the middle part of the curve and I think a big reason for that is social media and the abundance of education online Um, because this is a I think this conversation is proving what I'm about to say is a flawed uh, statement but there's no excuse to go into something uneducated and untrained these days because there's so many resources. If I want to do digital drawing, there are free courses on YouTube that'll teach me the right techniques and that gets stuck in my head versus just picking up the the drawing pen and just starting drawing and going, look at this drawing. I'm thinking, no, I'm actually a fool if I don't take the full-on education to learn what tool I should use, what, how I should do it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that's hindrance, ultimately. That's, that's not good. 
that's way too intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, but yeah, and I yeah. Oh, go sorry. ahead. You know, go ahead. I'm, I'm curious what you have to say. But then I had to something to add to Joe's. But I, what what are you gonna say? I was kind of going to going to go in a little different direction. So if you wanna, yeah, I was just curious. But isn't there like a thing of like when you like learning how to tango or whatever first, you have to like really pay attention to like what your feet are doing and you are like stumbling and all this stuff. Like, but it's part of growing. And eventually, you like throw it away and just like let you know the right brain take do all the work like isn't like how do we how do we see then this uh stumbly part mm. in this context in in tango i, I can't speak to, to yeah but also like <laughs> art and digital art you know like sort of like well you're gonna try to do this technique but you're not gonna be good at it so but you have to really think about every time you draw i imagine that's how it works like you really have to like slow down and pay attention and of course this is like your left brain is working then like the one that likes to organize and color code if you me and stuff like that uh instead of the one that likes to play like the right the right brain um i don't know i don't i don't know what i'm saying i guess except that uh there's there's people who probably there's got to be people out there maybe it's us too but it's definitely people who know that you just have to kind of power through the stage two to get into stage three right they have to learn technique yeah, yeah, I think I think you still have to, but yeah, there's something of starting in stage two is no good. A bummer. Yeah, that's a bummer because you don't have that excitement to drive you through from the get go, and it's intimidating, you know, like, oh, will I paint? Well, first I should learn how to paint, and then I'll paint, because it's actually really easy to learn how to paint as in as far as education and tools. Are you saying that just take the brush and just see? Yeah, like, just all you need a hand on the brush. Yeah, go to Bic, get a canvas, some paints, a brush, and just do it. And then you know you'll eventually learn. Sponsored by and Bic. Things. <laughs> yes, love Bic, <laughs> and with coupon code. Uh, Aurora, go ahead in that direction. We need we need a new direction here. Yeah, um, like the band. That's all. That's the only reason. New direction. <laughs> in the one direction. Oh, okay. See, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you really do need an incentive of some kind to power through those really hard times. Because yeah, I, I can absolutely relate to that. Um, yeah, that whole like you fall in love with improv in level one, and then you're like, oh, I'm terrible at this. Um, in level two, this is actually really hard. Um, and I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't get it. Um, and then and then like coming around and being like, oh, well, we're just playing make-believe, um, so who cares? Yes, yeah, so there has to be some incentive there along the way as you're getting beat up, I think. Um, and uh, I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, I think sometimes I stay in things that like, it, like maybe I'm, I'm not good at something and I probably stay in things too long and I, I'm, there's probably a sunk cost situation going on there um, where I, you know, it would probably be healthier to say, oh, I, I'm putting too much time into this and not getting um, back what I expect or want. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. And I'm sure it, it really depends on the situation. Um, but yeah, um, with, uh, with graphic design, I was, uh, I got pretty lucky because I didn't go to school for that. Um, and I just, um, I got to just sit down with those programs, with Adobe programs, and just like 
um, just learn them in the moment. And like you, I think it's it's good when you um, you have to solve a problem. So um, you know, and back to what you're saying about everything. You know, you can find everything online. So you Google the problem. You figure that out, and then you have that in your toolkit. And next time that comes up, you know how to solve that problem. Um, and if you have that luxury of getting to build that over time, um, then you know you can you can actually get pretty good at something. Um, so, yeah. And I think the answer is just do without outcome being a part of it. And I've seen my my brain poison itself recently because, as the listeners know, I've gotten into lifting, and that's all we can this, think about. That's all we can think about. It gets <laughs> brought up a lot. Um, so I'm spending a lot of time doing this thing. That how much a day? Uh, like an hour and a half. That's a lot. A big chunk of your day, plus then you're e- you're eating and recovering and things like that. Um, and then that's hurting my writing in some ways or making it harder to fit in the writing. So then part of my brain is thinking, okay, well, how can I make this a thing? You know, is there, can I do a fitness blogging or Instagramming? And then I'm like, no, what are you doing? Just do it to enjoy it. But don't, don't do that. Just, just do it. And not everything in your life needs to be like some, the world doesn't need to know. Even though here I am talking on a podcast about it. No, I, I love that. Because <laughs> there's always things that take away from your writing. I tell you, you know, like uh, children. Oh, my God. They take away from the writing. But in some way, it's like you, it's like it's up to you to then also learn how they inform your writing. As long as you still get to do the writing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like something's still going to suffer. And every day you have to like fight for it. Fight for your writing time. That's it, to me. But um, but you also have to like embrace that there's other sides to your life, and they inform who you are, and they make you like happy in your body and like in your brain, and you probably are a better writer because of that, better human being. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can tell you that um, in terms of like learning, like learning anything. I know it's with animals or people, there's two different ways to, well, there's many different ways to learn, but two basic different ways to learn is one is like the intuitive kind of learning, right? Like when like a baby's discovering, like if you go like this makes sound, whatever. And the other one is called modeling, where in this case would be taking baby's hand, the baby's hand and and show like them, like with their hand, like this is what you do. And so when you don't have that discovery, when you do modeling, animals or people, they all learn slower. Like the moment of discovery is like, even if they have to like kind of like struggle to find that, that creates like stronger probably newer paths that uh, then lead to memory and like just kind of building on it. Then if somebody literally takes your hand or puts a hand on the dog and goes like sit sit and like pushes their butt down instead of waiting or finding a different way to make the dog sit um you know like like, you know holding the treat up or whatever like kind of catching it like organically so i mean that kind of connects again with me that if you kind of just like intuitively maybe learning something or entering any kind of art form art process 
you're probably and hopefully more likely to then not treat the rest of your path there as a you know road to perfection i don't know i really like that yeah um and um i yeah and i think there's obviously there's a lot of value in um learning from others and and um but i think i think you're right like um and this is kind of a silly example but like when you um let you know google navigate you to some place rather than um you know you kind of looking it up and figuring it out or really memorizing it um and this is something you know i talk about with my boyfriend a lot like i really (laughs) rely on google to get me places but then i never learn how to get there um and he's like well you know he's really good at like figuring it out ahead of time so that you know he's not surprised when he's in the car um so Mm. i i you know that's maybe again a silly example but i think it really is um yeah one of those those times where you -hmm. don't necessarily learn when you're you know being instructed there Mm -hmm. um yeah Yeah. or you don't learn as fast or you don't internalize it yeah yeah i'm thinking back to um even the earlier this year uh, a friend of mine were just throwing uh, emailing a beat back and forth to each other and rapping eight bars over it we're not ever going to release it was just really fun to do that with him not protects her not protects her i would love to do it with protects her protects her if you're listening he's not (laughs) he might be (laughs) <laughs> I hope he is. Hi, Protexter. But um, hey. yeah, just thinking like, oh, that was so fun. And it took time and energy, certainly. It took a lot of time and energy, but it was so fun. And I think I just need to really start thinking about that with everything I do, even my writing of, okay, no more pressure of this is going to be the script I produce and shoot. So it, it sure, better sure. be. It's like, no, just enjoy the writing of it. Or, you know, most scripts go nowhere anyway Mm -hmm. well you have to like have fun like with yourself as you write right and hopefully when you're doing anything like you're not place where you are the most you you can be hopefully like that's the best and then for writing that's what George Saunders said like you know like I, I really enjoy his he's a writer and he said a few things about writing that really speak to me and one of them is that you find this like authentic the most authentic self uh, on the page and from there comes like the best writing you can do and he talks more about that but in depth but it it is interesting to me that it's almost like you have to find who you are by doing something and that's probably not going to be somebody holding your hand figuratively or literally yeah i i love this idea also that um joe that you were um having that experience with a friend and that's like such a special thing that like being able to be so kind of silly and ridiculous with another person or a group of people um, and that they're going to just come along with you on this. That is, I just love that. And um, I guess that is where I still have a lot of, um, you know, love for improv and now for clowning because you are there in that moment, just being so ridiculous with another person or a group of people. um, And that person is accepting you and, and helping you, um, be in this weird moment together um, that yeah you you know you wouldn't be in normally so yeah I love those collaborations those types of you know friendships and 
collaborations and yeah just doing the bits Doing the bits, yeah. I have uh, people who just I did a jam with once, and we never really talked or hung out in depth, but we see each other randomly, and it's like, like, hey, it's you. And there's like, because we shared something kind of quite profound in doing that jam or whatever, or even a bit at a party or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the bit. Nothing connects you with another person like a bit. Well, there's other things like boning or (laughs) (laughs) but no seriously like i i mean i feel like bits like i you know not to make everything about my daughter but doing bits with a 10 11 month old is is very satisfying because she totally gets what bits are she can't speak but she knows what bits are and she knows the the bits are coming and she knows like you build on the bit and you go back and forth and you kind of pause the game and then you kind of bring the game back. I mean, she like gets it all. And I'm like, this is like humanity, like right in front mm. of me doing it in this like 11 month old uh, scale. So um, I don't know if this is a good time to go to the ratings. What do you all think? Is there anything else, Aurora, you wanted to add before we jump into the lion's den? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I, I do listen to your podcast and I, uh, I gotta say I've been dreading I've been dreading the ratings, so uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> so do we. About so do we. sixty percent into the podcast, I think. Oh shit, the rating! I got to think of the rating. Um, how does it work, Joe? This Can you is tell how us? it works. We're gonna rate creating bad art on a scale of zero to ten, using something else as the basis of that scale. That something else could be something like creating good art. You think creating good art is a 10 out of 10 and creating bad art is a t- 0 out of 10. Or it could be chocolate chip cookies are so sweet and good. They're an 8 out of 10, but creating bad art is way better, so it's 10 out of 10. And if that doesn't make sense, don't worry. Sasha and I will go first. I'll go first. It's pretty easy for me, I think. Uh, I'll compare uh, making bad art to doing bad exercising, and I'll include yoga into that. Because I, I know there's people out there who are not good at yoga and they go and they do yoga religiously like all the time and I have so much respect for them. To me, that running is that way and anything upper body related. Like I always have an injury like that I'm healing from in my upper body. It always hurts. Like it's nothing is ever, it's just, you know, anything weights related or oppositely, like on the opposite end, running. I, I'm not good at it. Like my form is weird and you know, it hurts further for me, at least from my perspective, it hurts me even further because doing bad exercising is not good for your body. You got to like figure out the form that's safe for you, for your body type. So I would give, um, exercising badly, uh, man, still, I still love the spirit though. So I'll give it like a 6.5. And I'll give making bad art a freaking 9.5. Why not? Who the hell cares? Do it. It's good for you. (laughs) It's good for the world. And, uh, you know, have fun. Anything that puts a smile on your face and doesn't hurt others, I'm all about it. Joe, what about you? Um, I'm going to rate it on uh, uh, playing pickup basketball with strangers. Mm, Um, Something I I used to go to the park and... uh, so just shoot baskets on my own and a couple of times guys were like hey we need someone to play with us and i absolutely hated it um i was not in <laughs> shape enough to be playing with them i wasn't very good it felt like a lot of pressure uh to perform with this these people um so that was like a one out of ten whoa 
that's bad. Yeah. Slow. Not great. Yeah. Um, creating bad art. I mean, this talk I'm hoping is going to put me on a trajectory that I've been working hard towards. Um, I think I would have, even though I'm on the, I've been on this negative trajectory, let's say, or like this negative, not, not the trajectory, but the negative feelings and everything that I've been struggling with. I think I would have told any one, if I met them randomly, yeah, just create bad art, create your thing, do your, do your shitty thing, just put it out there and just do it. Um, so I really believe in what you're saying and what you're fighting for here, fighting for, um, 10 out of 10, easy, oh, easy 10 out of 10. Incredible. And you matching like shirts, like color. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of understanding I feel like going on here on this side. Uh, most importantly, Aurora, what about you? Okay. Um, so I will say that, um, uh, the best thing possible in the world about the modern world is a hot water on demand. Um, so that is the 10 out of 10. That is the, the top of the scale. Great um, scale. And, and uh, let's say that, okay, yesterday I um, ran into, I, I was walking uh, not very well through the living room and I ran into the, um, the, uh, the table, um, ran my knee into the table and it, uh, it was not good. And that's, oh. that's going to be a one. Ooh, not um, quite a zero, multiple. but a one. Got it. Yeah, but I love oh, okay. multiple. I love multiple. Uh, a true scale. scale. Please, yeah, that's a true <laughs> scale right there. Um, and so I'm, I'm gonna give uh, making bad art a nine on this scale because I, I could conceivably live without making bad art, but I really, really don't want to live without hot water on demand. So uh, that, that's that's uh, where I'm gonna put it. That's a fair HWD. Scale. HWD. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. I mean, hope everybody who's listening gets out there and does something, something bad and artsy for themselves and just email us. Let us know how you feel. Yeah, go that. out and play, everybody. That's really what play. it is. Go mm -hmm. out and play, man. Do it. What haven't you learned during COVID that that's what life is all about? Come on. Look at Joe. Look at his guns. <laughs> uh, Aurora, thanks for coming out. Shut up, I love it. I, I know you're a listener, so this really means a lot. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Well, yeah. Um, if anyone uh, happens to find themselves in Reno, um, please come to Reno Improv and catch a show on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you can w come look at my bad art. I'm on Instagram, um, you know, at Aurora Bowls. That's awesome. I, I actually think a former guest of Shut Up, I Love It, uh, multiple guests, Will Saunders, might be in Reno currently, like on his like oh, world journey. Yeah, his weird so, uh, apartment journey. swap thing. So I will I will reach out and let him know. Um, Joe, what's going on with you? What's up? Oh, Besides well, the trajectory changing. Yeah, changing that trajectory, which part of that is me working on my Robot Guy Teen Team animated series. Um, it's moving along. We've got artwork. I'm starting some beginning phases of animating it. So just be on the lookout for that. Follow me on my socials. Go to joecabello.com. You can sign up for email updates. That's coming. 
And I uh, have a class coming up in September. Go on scriptanatomy.com and see what it's all about. It's really perfect for people who are not familiar with script anatomy tools and uh, just want to start from uh, scratch and come out with a whole freaking pilot at the end. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this awesome, awesome track. And thank you for listening. <laughs>